Thank you for joining us for a new edition of the Pennsylvania Library Association's PA LaunchPod, the podcast that focuses on Pennsylvania libraries and the people who make them special. Every day in Pennsylvania, a librarian impacts the life of a child, family, student, job seeker, grandparent, or the guy next door. This is your opportunity to hear what is happening at a library somewhere in Pennsylvania, maybe even your hometown. This is Heidi Abby Moyer, one of your hosts of PA LaunchPod. Today on PA LaunchPod, we are speaking with Penny Talbert, who has served as the Executive Director of the Ephrata Public Library in Ephrata, Pennsylvania since 2010. Good morning, Penny. Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. We're very excited to learn more about the innovative programming, community outreach and partnerships, and other projects you have spearheaded at your library. First, please tell us a little bit about yourself and why you became a librarian. Um, I accidentally became a librarian. It wasn't my first um, job choice, but certainly the one I, I want to stick with. Um, I worked in publishing. I worked in design work. I worked in a commercial printing company before I became a librarian. This library was actually one of our clients when I was doing printing, which is how I even found out about the effort of public library. Um, so. I, I took the job and ended up becoming a librarian along the way. Uh, I was here for eight years before I became director, and I've been director for eight years. Okay. Can you share a little bit more with us about the effort of public library, such as the critical role you filled as the executive director for the past eight years? Um, this library, I'm sure everyone thinks their library is special. I'm sure that's true, but I really <laughs> think this library is special. It is. It's more um, like a community hub. It's more of a community center as well as a library because we, because of the budget cuts, we've had to find other sources of revenue to keep the library proper running. That has expanded this building into everything from a post office to a bookstore. So there is almost like a little mini mall at this point. You walk in and there's a lot of different services, whichever way you turn. That, that means that the library is becoming more important to the people in the community. Um, that's a great thing. They're, they're much more concerned about what we put on our shelves. They're much more concerned about what programs we offer. And that's how you build a partnership with your community. You just don't do what you think they need done. You work with them to get it done. So we really try to do that here. Listeners may or may not already know you, your blog, and personal website that is called The Gorilla Librarian. You can visit her website at www.pennytalbert.com. On your website, you state that, quote, the secret of gorilla librarianship is to, quote, embrace the craziness, be fearless, and live your mission. And check your email at least once each hour. <laughs> can you tell us a little bit more about that and how you developed your philosophy? Um, I think it was just... Uh what worked at the time and you just have to it, it's hard to be out there on the front line in public service every public librarian knows that and just when you think you know what you're doing somebody throws you a curveball so i think the fearlessness if you're scared of what's coming down the pike and a lot of times we know hey our budget's going to get cut and things are going to be bad you can either choose to kind of shut down and just stick with the small status quo that you can handle or you can look beyond that and say okay we've got this gap how do we how do we fill that and still provide the services we need to provide that's where you come into bringing in other revenue which can be problematic if it's not if it doesn't fit within your mission so you know we've 
we've tried to expand the library as much as we possibly can in order to to do those things but it doesn't come without um, criticism and that's where the fearlessness kind of comes in because if you know your mission and you're really married to it you can defend any criticisms that come along the way and but you have to be out there you have to put yourself out there and expect the criticism and the questions and if you believe in what you're doing i think eventually they get it but it is hard it is hard to go out in front of municipal officials or you know go to groups that you know fund you and say look we're struggling but that's not going to stop us we just need you to come on board and help us so it really is the attitude it's not it's not my fearlessness it's everyone's fearlessness uh, with funding the way it is right now in Pennsylvania libraries you have to act on faith sometimes because you don't know where your money's going to come from it's I often say a library budget is done with an abacus and a Ouija board because, <laughs> you know, there's very little guaranteed income if you don't have a library tax. So you have to trust every year. And I mean, that's really where that fearlessness comes from. The first time it's really hard to kind of jump off that ledge. But after the hundredth time, you know, somebody in your community is going to catch you. You just don't know who it is <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, it's important because we are. I believe there should be a librarian at every table. Sometimes that means you have 30 meetings in a day and that's not the greatest thing in the world, but if we wanna influence our communities, they have to be able to know who we are and where we are. And I think we have to be right at that table um, and not kind of hearing about it secondhand. Mm -hmm. We, libraries, libraries do a lot for economic development and, and you know helping bring people out of poverty and increasing their opportunities to get secondary education. But people don't know that because we're so good at it that they just never hear. So we really have to get out there and kind of roar a little bit more than whisper. <laughs> Hence the gorilla and yeah. librarian. <laughs> so in the short time I've been at your library, I'm absolutely amazed and humbled by all the achievements that you've been able to accomplish. Um, in your blog, you state very eloquently, I might add, that, quote, the role of a public library in a community is only as limited as the library's imagination. And you've also stated that, quote, community connections are the lifeline of libraries. You've already touched a little bit upon this, but could you elaborate a little bit more about the educational, political, and community partnerships, of which there are many, that you've developed in Ephrata? Because there's just so many, we probably can't talk yeah, about all there, of them There are a ton of community partnerships, and they go from very local, you know, small groups, churches, and nonprofits within our town to county. Now with our collective impact project that we're working on, we've got dozens of organizations that are county organizations involved. We've got state, you know, the relationships with state organizations that make it important. When we bring amazing things into this library, like some of the exhibitions that we've, we've brought here, um, I just don't want that for my community. I want it for everybody that has an interest in those things. But bringing those things in again, you know, it kind of, uh, it sparks conversation and debate. And that's the first step to educating yourself is asking the questions. So I see when we bring in partners, like we're really good partners with the school district. We work together all the time. Um, in fact, the school librarian works here in the evenings so we have the greatest communication stream 
uh, between the two of us. She's only here a couple hours a week, but it just keeps that going. So, hey, you know, one of my teachers is is assigning this big English paper. We'll know if if she lets us know to pull those books or, you know, Mm -hmm. that's a great help. But even, you know, with businesses in town, they've been they've been really supportive when they've seen what we're trying to do. We we have a huge summer reading program that is completely sponsored by local businesses, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars worth of sponsorships because there is no money to do a summer reading program on our own. So, you know, every time there is a need, somebody steps up. We had, we needed furniture last year. Sent some letters out to furniture companies and the furniture company came and said, We're gonna bring an interior designer, we're gonna donate all this furniture to you, and they let us pick the fabric and stuff like that. I mean there's no way we could have afforded that. So we rely on them, but I think they also know that they can rely on us. If they mm-hmm. need training for their employees in a business or, you know, if somebody really needs help with something, they know they can come here and they're going to leave with some kind of solution, even if it's just a referral. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, we play on each other. They, they know we're reliable. We know they're reliable and we work at it together. Because you can't be a silo in this. Can you talk a little bit more about your latest project with the building that's next door to the library? So we own a building next door to the library. We've had it for a very long time. It was hemorrhaging money. So um, we decided to turn that building into almost a social enterprise, a a social services hub in Northeast Lancaster County. So we are working with... um, Real Life Community Services, which is a nonprofit in Denver, and they are rehabbing a building in Denver. We have our building in Ephrata. We are providing transportation between the two buildings, and there will be a variety of social service agencies that deal with health and poverty and joblessness and homelessness. WIC will be involved. We have um, WellSpan Health, WellSpan Philhaven. Any social service need that one of our patrons has, very soon we're going to be able to say to them, look, you don't have to fight a ride to Lancaster. You don't have to spend a whole day hopping around the city trying to get into this, you know, the services you need. You can go next door. We'll make an appointment for you for all your services at one time. There's a navigator over there that will do intake, and that intake information goes to all the organizations so that you're not stuck filling out the same paperwork with five different agencies. Everything will be done initially. And we are really hoping that this kind of opens up a new possibility for libraries. Um, it, it fits so well into our mission to offer access. You know, we're not offering social service. We're not offering access to people that don't have it. Mm-hmm. We're lucky enough to have a building where these people can all go into and offer those services. It was a, a good solution for this bad problem of having a building that had nothing in it. Um, so we've applied for a United Way Collective Impact Grant. We'll find out at the end of April whether we got it or not. Um, if we don't get it, we continue to move forward. If we do get it, it will propel us years at, you know, one big shot with the, the financial influx that'll, that'll come into the partnership. But I really see this as a new place where libraries can become involved. I mean, we have the the five literacies in Pennsylvania for public libraries. And this addresses every single one of them in a, in a kind of unique and innovative way. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it's out of the box, but it's really not. It, it is typical like down home librarianship for helping people that need help. It's just got a new name. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, for the past 10 years, you've partnered with the Borough of Ephrata on many different things and hosted a free community concert called the Concerts by the Creek Series, while managing a staff of, I think, over 35 at this point and 40 volunteers. How on earth do you find the time to serve as chairperson of just one of many events and organize such a large event every year? What's the key to your success? I love music. <laughs> and those are the three days out of the year where I can stand in the park and dance like a crazy woman and no one thinks I'm weird because I pick the bands. No, honestly, I, I really, I have a, a deep passion for music. Um, it is... It is my meditation and my ice cream and everything. All It's one guilty <laughs> pleasure I'll put into one. So when I was given this opportunity to run this concert series, it wasn't like, oh, I have to run this concert series. It was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they asked me to do this. Um, and so that's kind of like the big perk of my job here is that I get to pick bands I want to come into town that I never get to see anyplace else. And, you know, the borough gives me the money to pay for it. And I just get to do the fun stuff and hire the bands and go to the concert. So, but it has become kind of one of our summer reading things for the library. Like all the kids go over there and we set up a summer reading table. I give free tables at the concert to any nonprofit that wants them. They can come set up. So it's really a community thing. Event, and yeah. every concert, it never fails. It's been, this is my 10th year doing it. While the concert is happening, I stand at the back of the field and get this, like, real fuzzy, like, oh, my good, It's like 1958, you know? It's your <laughs> neighbors, and they bring picnic baskets and have dinner together, and nobody, nobody worries for those two hours. It's just a community getting together, and that is priceless to me. Like, the opportunity to be able to do that, and then all year... You know, people, I don't even know, will come up to me, hey, I know this band you should get. So I get to go <laughs> listen to a lot of bands throughout the year, trying to pick the bands um, for the concert. Uh, my admin assistant here is also a huge music fan, and so she helps out as well. And then the other committee member is the police chief, and he's in charge of security. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> so it is a, a very small committee, but I think that we do really great things for the town over the summer. Another successful project you worked on a few years ago involved reaching out to teens in the community and partnering with the effort of Mayor's Council for Youth to build the 6,000-square-foot skate park, which is right adjacent to the library. How was that project conceived, and how has it made a difference in the community? It, I, I, wish, I wish I could say that I came up with the idea and went to the borough and, and thought it was a great idea. However, the truth of the matter is I went to the wrong meeting <laughs> over at Borough Hall, and they handed out the agenda, and I was... I, I thought, oh my word, like I'm in the wrong meeting, but if I get up now and leave, they're going to know that I'm in the wrong meeting. <laughs> so I just sat there and they started talking about a skate park that they wanted to put in. And there were people there with petitions, didn't, you know, the NIMBYs, they didn't want the skate park in their backyard. And I just raised my hand and said, hey, I'll take it. And then I went, had to come back to the library and tell the board we were getting a skate park. <laughs> but um, it worked out great. The teens all hang out here anyways. They had a, a skate park in the past that was hidden in the park. There was a there was some drug activity there. When kids would run away, they'd go to the park. Mm -hmm. So putting it here at the library, it has great eyesight the whole way around. Mm -hmm. The police can drive by. Mm -hmm. It's been there for a couple of years. 
We've never had any incidents. We've oh, never great. had any injuries, which is shocking. But it worked out. It was just one of those dumb things where I went to the wrong meeting. Serendipity. <laughs> it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I really do think it was the best place for it because it doesn't bother anyone. Mm-hmm. And the kids mm-hmm. love it. It's right down the street from the school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That thing is so full in the summer. Well, it's great. Uh, and on a warm day like today, I'm sure you'll see some students, even though it's we still will February. See, we will, and <laughs> it's not just students. It's a lot of adults, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what are the some of the strategic plans, projects, or other short-term goals that you haven't mentioned already that you're working on for the future of the Effort of Public Library? It's all about money at this point. Um, unfortunately, the cuts have become so severe, you know, it's not just one source, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, Pennsylvania has, has cut their funding significantly to public libraries, and that's mm-hmm. that's put us in a bad place, but it's also cuts from you know, local and, and donors and things like that, you know, concern. I feel like we need to get the word out mm-hmm. because of tax reform and how charitable contributions may not be as important if you don't mm-hmm. itemize mm-hmm. that just because you're not getting a tax write off doesn't mean it's not important. Right. You know, and I, I think that, that there just has to be a lot of advocacy. We're starting an advocacy kind of SWAT team here at the library this year of community members who we've identified who can can go out to municipal meetings or to county commissioner meetings because I work here. They don't want to hear from me. They want to hear from their taxpayers. The municipality that I live in as a taxpayer, they see me all the time. And I say, I'm here as a resident about the library. Mm-hmm. I need more people to do that because libraries are in, in, in such it, it's such jeopardy right now with funding that I fear that some will close I fear that communities will lose access and and we're going to have to make some changes and the first change we're going to have to make is public perception because probably the majority of my patrons that walk in this store believe that we are 100% funded by taxpayers dollars and that's not the case we're about 20% funded by taxpayers dollars and we have to raise $700,000 a year to keep the doors open in this library. That's a huge uh, request mm-hmm. to, to do. And so I feel like strategically we need to find a more permanent, sustainable solution. Mm-hmm. You can't constantly be, well, how much are they going to give us this year so we know how many books we can buy? Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of libraries that are in that situation. If, mm-hmm. if there was enough money, Wow the things we could do, you know, but at the same time, libraries in Pennsylvania do amazing things with no money. Mm -hmm. Um, you would think that that would prove that we could, we are really good with the dollar, but, um, you know, we need a hero. We legislatively, (laughs) we need a hero on the state level and locally we need a hero. One of the things that I've been doing is calling all the people running for office and saying to them, will you be a library hero? come to the library. I'll give you a tour. I'll meet with you. I'll tell you about our budget. We need heroes. You know, this is a big difference you can make for everyone. We serve everyone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm on the, I'm on the lookout for a hero, <laughs> you know, to help, help get library funding back in the place so that we can do our jobs. 
I couldn't agree more. <laughs> well, speaking I'll get off the soapbox. No, now. Okay. Well, speak, speaking of heroes, mm. I know that you're a huge costume fan, and you were just showing me your Wonder Woman costume. Mm. <laughs> so when you when you dress up in costumes, you are you are being a hero too, and going out to these events. But tell me a little bit more about your costume collection, and also, do you have a favorite author or genre of fiction or sure. nonfiction? Well, <laughs> yes, I do have a big co- costume collection. I don't know when it started. It was a long time ago. Um, I wore a costume for something, and people acted differently. They were happy. So then I started thinking, well, what if I wore, like, a costume to an awkward meeting? How would that affect how people reacted at the meeting? And, you know, not make a big deal out of it. And I went to a meeting dressed as a wizard it was a budget meeting and I was like you want me to do magic here I am you know and um it lightened up the mood and I felt like you know what people just need to have a little bit of a break and a little bit of laughter Mm -hmm. and it just I don't know I just started doing it I think I I showed up for one meeting with like a headband with a unicorn horn and like glitter and it just went from there but businesses like over Christmas, I'll get phone calls from local businesses. Hey, you want to come out with your elf costume on and we can do a photo shoot for Facebook. So then they're promoting the library on their Facebook page. The elf from the library is here. You know, (laughs) we're promoting it on our Facebook page. Hey, look at these partners we have. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it is, I really will dress up as anything and go anywhere if I'm asked in this community because the library needs to be the solution for all kinds of things, even sometimes not the serious ones, but, mm-hmm. you know, like, hey, we need a gnome downtown. <laughs> I can do that. You're breaking the mold of the librarian with a hair bun and glasses. <laughs> well, I do have a lot of wigs and that I love, I love wearing wigs to things because that's like a costume, but not really a costume. So it can kind of, you know, cheer up the mood. And I know it sounds crazy, but, you know, you're in a really difficult, you know, I've had employees who were fighting before, and we all wore princess crowns to talk about it, because you don't yell at a princess. <laughs> These are good strategies. <laughs> I don't know if they're good, but they they certainly are fun. <laughs> so so tell me a little bit more about how you unwind. Do you like to read different types of genre? Do you like to watch certain TV series? I know you like music a lot. Like every librarian. I, near, I don't get nearly as much time to read what that mm-hmm. I want to. Mm-hmm. I am, I mean, like, I'd say my favorite author in the whole world, really, it's goofy, is Tom Robbins. Oh. I'm a big Tom Robbins fan. I felt like the first time I read Still Life with Woodpecker, I had somehow, like, I don't know why I connected with that book, um, <laughs> but I did. I read, I do read a lot of YA, because I was a YA librarian before mm-hmm. I became a library director, and my, my favorite YA author is A.S. King. She also happens to be a good friend, so I say that oh. um, she actually lives in Lancaster County. Oh, great. And um, connection. I, I met her through my work here um, with YA materials, and she's she's become a nice window for me um, to see what what teens are, are really thinking mm-hmm. about. So mm-hmm. I when I read her books, I very I connect mm-hmm. with them. And, you know, the kids love that famous author comes yeah. into their library to visit when they love her books. So Great that's promo. always a nice, yeah, that's always a nice thing too. But yeah, uh, relaxing. I don't do a whole lot of it. I go to <laughs> concerts. I go to music festivals. My husband and I watch, walk the dog once in a while, but mostly, uh, mostly I've dedicated my life to this library and 
I don't have any regret about that. I mean, I feel like we've come so far. I, I still have a, a good 15 years before I retire. So I, you know, I, I feel like we have a long way to go, but we can get there. Mm-hmm. And this community, this community is amazing. And you never realize what you have if you've grown up with it. Mm-hmm. So maybe me as a fresh set of eyes coming in here going, guys, you have an amazing, look at your pool, look at your rec center, look at your library. I think sometimes they don't realize how lucky they are. I think it's important that we point it out to them, you know, and that's where my, my teen librarian hat comes on where I lecture them. Like you should really go home and thank your mom and make sure you, should, you tell her you had a good time at the library. <laughs> so, you know, All we, good advice. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're clearly a multi-talented librarian, Penny, um, but also a visionary leader of the effort of public library. Finally, can you tell us what inspires you and what advice or guidance would you give to other librarians who want to engage more with their communities? When I grew up, I didn't have a library. And in retrospect, I think that I probably would be a much better person now if I had. There was nobody to go to if you had problems or issues. Just didn't have it. Um, never even really thought of a library as that. And when I started working here and I started seeing the small differences that it made in people's lives, it became pretty clear to me pretty quickly that, that this is where I felt like I needed to be. I, I, I love these people in this town. And, you know, after you're at a library for so long, like the kid, the ones that were kids when I first started or having children of their own and they bring them in and it makes me feel like I should get a wheelchair, <laughs> but it's rewarding because I remember when that little kid was crying in the bathroom because they were bullied. And then when they couldn't get a prom date, now they had, they're married and they have kids and they come back. And I get to watch their kids grow up. It's it's really an amazing relationship. You have it with the whole community, but you have it with everyone individually as well. So I, I, I'm honored that these people let me in their lives and you know include me in their community. It I feel indebted to them for allowing me to be their librarian. It it is um, it is a wonderful job. Despite, you know, you got to do a lot of stuff you don't want to do and you got to clean up a lot of stuff that you never want to clean up. I couldn't think of any place else that would be this rewarding. So, you know, I come back and sit here every day. (laughs) Do you have any advice advice to others who aspire to some of the goals that you've achieved? Close your eyes and jump. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do? Worry about it? You still got to (laughs) jump. So, yeah, I would say that that's a, that's how you should, approach librarianship you know you can make anything out of it that you want you just have to be fearless and don't be afraid to put on a wonder woman no don't be afraid of anything (laughs) well penny thank you again for taking the time to be with us today at pa launchpad the work that you've done and continue to do in pennsylvania at the effort of public library is truly inspirational on behalf of our listeners, thank you for being a trailblazer, for making such a difference in the lives of people in Effort and beyond, and reminding all of us to continue reaching out into our communities in meaningful ways. Thank you for listening. You can find our podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. For more information about this episode and how you could be featured on this podcast, visit palibraries.org slash group slash P-A-L-A. U-N-C-H-P-O-D, P-A Launchpad. Remember, membership matters.